What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Steve Whitman. I'm joined, as always, usually, by uh, Emily Cannell, uh, who has figured out how to open her laptop, and Dan Volpone. <laughs> I, uh, I was not here um, last week, uh, and uh, I have to ask you guys about something that I've only kind of half seen. I've been a bit in and out here that um i don't know if you guys talked about this because i haven't really been listening to much of anything but there's a guy on twitter who i think covers the team who i just need to ask you guys about this because i saw it in sort of a days um oh god i think emily's gone ask about jeez <laughs> he said that he wanted to t-bone someone but only their car um and I don't know if you guys covered this. You might have with no. Mike last week. <laughs> no. He made the and, and it was because of his flip-floppiness of his basketball commentary. He wants to run his car into the other guy's car while he's not in the car. Dan, do you know what's going on with that? Steve, I can't think about these things. I no. Okay. I, All right. Because no. it's just I don't know what's going on I, with it's that. just I'm telling you, man, I really have not um been around for a lot of this lately but uh that i i that's just sort of scrolled past me and i was like what the what's going on um emily absolutely bowed out of this she's gone at this point she's doesn't um, know too how to use her <laughs> emily's gone um but i believe where you guys left off was after game uh four so then uh, yes. uh yeah, so game five was uh, clunker, not good. Awful. And then uh, the Sixers killed the Raptors in game six. Uh, MB did the airplane, and then he caught an elbow to the noggin, uh, uh, which has now concussed him and given him a broken orbital bone. And we can, we'll go into the injuries, but just to, to keep it on the games, Dan, uh, take it away here, games five and six. Uh, it could just be you and I here. Uh, it's it's impossible to know. But uh, yeah. what, you, what what were your takeaways there from uh, games five and six? Yeah, I mean, just like a, a little cursory overview. Um, game five was terrible. Um, really low energy level, um, not good effort. Um, and those things sound like 
you know, anyone could be like, oh, you know, they they weren't trying hard enough. It's such an easy thing to say you can say about every team that loses. But it's the Sixers are the kind of team where it's so apparent when they're not with it. Um, and when you see how they came out in game six, you know, it's not just the score. Um, the Sixers in game six came out and, you know, it was they were only at one at half. And it was like it didn't matter what the score was. You know, the Raptors made some tough shots, but the Sixers played with, you know, with with a, a, a level of focus. They got aggression from their guards on offense. Um, they had um, Joel just so much more locked in on defense. Uh, and that had been their recipe for the first two games and the second half of game three that completely got away from them in games four and five. And... Um, it was great to see. I mean, it was, you know, not that it's really an excuse and I, I wasn't giving it to him as an excuse, but I was worried that with Joel's thumb being uncomfortable as it was, he was just kind of gonna, you know, mope throughout the rest of the playoffs. Like he had in games four and five, where he just really looked like he didn't even want to be there was not giving good defensive effort. Um, and game six, it was, he looked like the same old Joel at no point did he look bothered. Um, he looked, you know, fully locked in. Um, Maxi, you know, made their first shot of the game, and we've been talking. He needs to be. He needs to get involved early, uh, offensively, and he was involved early. Harden took, you know, more, way more shots than he had been taking. Another good Tobias game. Danny Green was making shots. That's. I mean, it, it sounds simple, and, and guys are going to have off nights, but but the the style of play needs to be that from those guys. That was the recipe when they were playing well, it's what they weren't doing when, when the Raptors took two straight and, and it's, and it's how they closed out. And so, you know, things are going to be weird playing games one and two, at least without Joel, but um, in general, they still need those things from everyone. So that's my big takeaway is that, is that the Sixers stylistically, you know, you could tell early on that they were game six playing with a completely different mentality than they were in game five. Harden dunked, which was just uh, really great to see. Um, they ran the pick and roll a little bit. Uh, MB just looked looked great, which I think is a great sign for his thumb. We'll talk about the other stuff. Um, Emily, uh, you're back. Uh, you didn't have a chance to talk about the T-bone thing. Do you want to comment uh, on that? On what? The, uh, the uh, reporter who claimed that he wanted to T-bone the empty car of the other guy. Um, no, I don't really have a comment on that. Okay, cool. Sure. Just wanted to, <laughs> you know, equal time for everyone. Um, Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> sure. Um, your thoughts on the Sixers sort of getting their shit together in game six to close out Toronto. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about sort of the waning moments of that game as we go into the next thing. Um, but uh, yeah, excellent maxi game and maxi run, especially in that third quarter there to, to really put away Toronto and not look back. Um, but I think very encouraging stuff from Harden and, uh, and, and really just, just great uh, if you're looking for the Sixers team to make a run for, for MB to, I, I think, learn how to play through this thumb thing for sure. Yeah, definitely. And when game six started, I think I was very nervous um going into it but I those first couple plays were hard and just drove to the basket I was like oh this is what we're doing tonight like if this is what we're doing tonight then we'll be fine and even when it was a one-point game at halftime I felt like if they continued to play 
the way that they played in the first half that it would they would put it away and they did um yeah Joel all the things Dan said Joel looked great Tobias had another good game a really great series that I hope he continues to play that way and just like people were hitting shots who weren't hitting shots in game five I mean that wasn't the only problem in game five but it was just encouraging to see everyone kind of get involved and get the ball moving and Harden was just a lot more aggressive in the game he was able to like you know he dunked he drove to the basket he did all those things which he wasn't doing earlier in the series so I think if we can play like that we can kind of make a run at this. So then uh, the game is pretty much out of hand. Uh, the Sixers are up by, I think, 27. And uh, it's there's like four and a half minutes left. Uh, you know, all game, the Raptors fans have been going after a meet in all series. Uh, there are a lot of comments on Twitter, which I guess every fan base is doing that, but Raptors fans in particular, this series, uh, really were having a series, um, evidently. And uh, Joel, and, and, and apparently, which I, I didn't really know this, but in the years since the 2019 series, they have been mocking him with the airplane, um, you know, as like, a, you're an idiot thing. So Joel goes into the lane, dunks the ball. The game is over, but all the starters on both sides are still in. Joel dunks it, going down to the other end of the court, does the airplane. Uh, it's a very victorious moment uh, for the Sixers, but everybody's still in. Siakam is going, and it's been chippy here towards the end of the game. Siakam drives past Tobias and elbows Embiid in the head, and Embiid is holding his face and eye area then they go and review it and they still don't call anything on Siakam I have no idea what how that's even possible but they take Joel out of the game then they pull the starters and that's it that's like all I don't even think of it really again I don't know about you guys but I I didn't even consider that that was the thing I just thought he got caught in the head and, and that was like really all it was um and then we get the news on Saturday night that um Joel has a concussion right. and a Friday night that Joel has a concussion and a fractured or orbital bone. It's the other one, not the same one that he broke on Markel's shoulder. Uh, it sounds like he does not need surgery, um, which is uh, a, a better sign in terms of his availability for this series. Um, Woj reported today that he's uh, not going to play in Miami when they first go for game one or two, but he's hoping to play in three or four. Um, he has to he has to sit the first five days after he gets a concussion, which would uh, mean that he can't play in game one. Um, but yeah, so that's that's what we're looking at now. Um, there are like different angles to this. There's like, is it a dirty play by Siakam? There's the um, should Doc have taken them out, him out way earlier? There's um, like, how do you view this series now? So let's let's start with like, should Doc have taken him out way earlier? And do you think Siakam was doing something particularly dirty with this play? Emily, where are you, where are you at on those two? Um, I don't really, I mean, if hindsight is 2020, should Doc have taken him out earlier? Yes. But I don't really think in that period, like the Raptors starters were still all in. Um, there were four minutes left, which isn't a ton of time, but it's also not like a little bit of time. Like the Raptors, 
had they left their starters in and we put, you know, Perk on Corkmaz and DeAndre Jordan in, could they have cut it to 12 in that time? Like, yes. And then do you get nervous? Yes. Um, so while the Raptor starters are in, I feel like you kind of have to match that. So I'm kind of okay with it. I just, I, and I also don't think it was a intentionally dirty play by Siakam. Do I think he was trying to body Joe up more and like have a hard foul, but I don't think he was trying to break his face and give him a concussion. Um, I know like people aren't best friends in the playoffs, but they're friends off the court. They're, you know, from the same place. And I don't think anyone is trying to like hurt someone and kind of take them out of games like that. So I just think, I really just think it was an unlucky kind of play. Um, I know it's a wildly measured take from me, but I, that's what I think. I agree with you. I, I, you know, people hate doc and people are very sad that Joel got hurt. So I think that it's kind of perfect that, you know, you could be sad that Joel got hurt and also blame doc in one fell swoop when this happens. Um, the, the only thing that I would think a little bit about is that like, just because Nick nurse had his guys in doesn't mean that doc can't take the guy who tends to get injured a lot and be like, yeah, I'm actually going to take him out with six minutes left. And if I have to bring him, but like their whole thing is that they blow huge leads all the time. So like, you know, everybody was picking them to blow this whole series. So I don't really have a hard, you know, I have a hard time blaming doc really for this happening. It's, it was a freak thing. And you know, the sticker shock of out indefinitely and the Shams tweet and the Shams tweet was uh, very scary. And now things look a bit better. Knock wood, you know, hopefully that, you know, comes to be true. Um, but yeah, it, you know, and Siakam, I, you know, I do think that they were playing hard and pissed off about getting blown out uh, and the series ending. But I don't think that, you know, Joel's done that a bunch of times. You know, that that that's not an abnormal, like, unnatural play. I think that play kind of happens. It's just a bummer that it, it ended up having this kind of impact. Um, but, yeah, I have a hard time Monday morning quarterbacking that doc decision to have him in there. Like, it, the game was out of hand, and I think it would have been near impossible for Toronto to, to have come back and won that game. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But it, it doesn't do a lot for me to like go back and look at doc like here's a place where he could have taken it yeah it doesn't like it sucks that joel got hurt but yeah and also knowing joel i doubt he wanted to come out like yeah, he right. w- probably wanted that moment of you know airplaning down the court at them he likes to play like <laughs> yeah dan what do you think yeah i think that blaming doc is is not the best place to uh, put your anger with for this happening. I also don't think it was a dirty play. I think it was accidental. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that Doc or Siakam are, are the people to be upset with. Um, if you have to be angry about this and you have to, you know, place blame somewhere, why don't you get mad at the Raptor Stadium who cheered him getting elbowed and going down or the uh, verified reporters for the Raptors, verified on Twitter, Raptors reporters who said he deserved it, or their uh, their color guy, Jack Armstrong, on the broadcast who said he deserved it. Um, if you want to be mad about it, then that's who to be mad at, because that was ridiculous. Um, Siakam felt bad. He apologized to him after. It didn't look intentional. 
Um, Doc, I, I agree. I mean, it was they were up 29 with three minutes left, but it happened kind of suddenly. Um, they, you know, they had just gone on a bit of a run in the last minute to extend that. Doc was had even said he was about to get Joel out. Um, and so I, I don't think that there's um, it's just unfortunate. And if you if you're upset, I think it's fair to be upset at the reaction by all of the countless ridiculous people involved with the Raptors in any way. Um, but no, I, I don't think it's fair to blame you know the people who were directly like involved in things on the court because it was just an unfortunate thing. And no one no one did anything hoping he would get hurt, or I don't even think that Doc really did anything too wrong. Anything else uh, from either of you guys before we move on to Miami and sort of how they can work around this stuff? Uh, anything else from Miami or the discourse around the around the Joel stuff uh, before we move on uh, and take our ad break uh, before we move on to Miami, Dan or Emily? Um, all right, here's an ad break, and then uh, we'll be back to take a look at the Heat series and uh, the other ones around there. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. Uh, so the Sixers are going to play the first seeded Heat. Uh, this is another year where the top seed in the East is not the title favorite. That would be right now. Dan, uh, I feel like actually both of you usually know the odds fairly well. Oh, I don't right know. Right now, who... that's the Celtics, right? Well, it was. I don't. I haven't checked since after Game One. The Celtics did right. not have a good Game One. I can check real quick. Uh, the Bucks made them look pretty bad. So let's see. Right, go ahead, keep talking. I'll chime in. Yeah, but they, it definitely was the the Celtics after they swept. The Bucks uh, right now are ahead of the Celtics in championship. Oh wow, interesting. Um, but anyway, the Heat were the uh, number one seed coming into the series without the Embiid injury. I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of places probably would have this as a toss up series. I feel like they're they're fairly even. The Sixers um, were slight underdogs. Okay. So then, you know, like all the ESPN reporters picked this series, uh, and it was 19 to zero. This is after the uh, Embiid injury. 19 to zero, they all picked Miami. Um, certainly, some Eagles underdog vibes here that we could go for that angle. That'd be great. Um, I don't know if Doc is uh, going with any particular angle. It's hard to tell. Um, but now uh, they have to figure out a way how to play without Embiid. Now, if he if he comes back in Game Three, 
uh, he would definitely have to wear the mask because he would, you know, the bone's not healed in a week. You know, the bone is going to still be, you know, healing. Emily, this is your department, but yeah, the bone. Why is it always my department when Dan is in legit med school? That's true. I'm in my first year. I don't know anything. Yeah. I'm not a duck going to be a doctor. I know whose department it's not, which is mine. Um, but uh, the bone is still healing and he would have to wear the mask, which as I remember, he hated wearing the mask um and he's got the thing on his hand so it's not set up great but um they'll have to be certainly quite a bit of b-ball paul another b-ball paul victory tour um and then it's like who's the other center because uh b-ball paul is really gonna have to try to stay out of foul trouble um he's not gonna stay out of foul trouble no uh (laughs) but it's like how scared are you of the heat um like i don't i don't know i guess i don't their half-court offense really isn't great, and I think the Sixers have enough guys to defend them and make it hard on them. But it's like, can they score enough? Can can James Harden score enough? You know, and and do they have enough to really steal a game in Miami? And I, I think they do. You know, Kyle Lowry's going to miss game one. Kind of wish Gabe Vincent would miss game one, but that's a, another issue. Um, you know, how do you feel now against Miami and and? You know, assuming Joel is back in game three or four. And also, who do you think that third center is going to be? Um, you know, do you think that it will be like DeAndre, Paul Millsap, or do you think it will be like George Niang? Do you think that they'll just basically go super small? Uh, I saw that MOC, friend of the podcast, just wrote an article sort of advocating in part on that, on that sort of five out strategy. Dan, what do you think? Well, Bassey's healthy now. So he's uh, never gonna play. I mean, I agree, I agree with you. I would love to play, play him. Um, yeah. I would play Bassey. Um, I, yeah, I would, I would go with, um, with Tobias on Adebayo, um, and play small. I don't think that that'll be their main thing, but I would, I struggle to see the value of putting Jordan or Millsap in there. Um, especially Jordan. I know people hate Millsap, but uh, uh, people hate them both. People really hate them both. I, it might just be because I haven't seen Millsap for longer than I've seen Jordan, but it, they're both so bad. I, I really don't want to see either of them. I think that there's some creative solution that just can't be worse. Um, and that includes going small. Um, what was the other part of the question? How are we feeling for the first two games? Yeah, and basically just like, what's your like level of confidence that the Sixers can still get through this round given that Joel at least will be missing in Miami to start the series I I I like I would take the Sixers to win the series still um I think it'll be very close um but I think that there has to be some level of something to prove with Joel not in um whether that's for Harden who's going to take on a bigger role Maxi has to step up. Tobias just needs to keep doing what he's doing, but he will be a bit bigger part of the offense. Um, he's been phenomenal. Um, I, I think that they can. I think they can win one in Miami. Like, it's so easy to just, you know, just say, "Oh, they'll steal one." But they have two games. If they win one, it's a huge win. And if they lose them both, and Joel comes back game three, they're still in it. And so, I think it it's tough but if it's 1-1 after two games which is possible 
right? Like they're playing game one without Lowry. Um, that offense can look bad at times. Um, the Sixers still have James Harden to run the offense. And yeah, it's going to be tough without Joel in, of course. Um, and the, the minutes without Harden or Joel are going to be brutal. Um, but I just kind of believe that there's a little something extra Harden has. Um, not Maybe not something that he has extra like um, when you know Joel is going to be the focal point of the offense. But if you say, James, this whole game is yours. These are the entire two games. You don't have to change how you play when someone comes in and out. This is go run the offense. I think that there's a good chance you could get one win in two games out of that. You know, I, I don't think that's crazy. And if they do, you know, we're, I would, you know, say Sixers and six or seven. Right now, I want to say Sixers and seven. Um, and right, like, it's weird because I think usually there's not a ton of pressure on a home team. Like, if you don't win the first two, it's not the end of the world because you probably won't lose both road games either um, if you have home court to start a series. Um, and so one, one split isn't the end of the world. I feel like all the pressure is on the heat now. Like when you have Joel coming back game three, looming over you, um, you know, you really feel like you have to take care of business those first two games. And because if you don't, you know, it's only getting, it's only getting tougher. Now you're going on the road and they're getting their best player back. Um, I do think the Sixers are the better team when they're healthy. And, you know, I'm interested to see how the mask affects Embiid. Um, and hopefully the concussion can um, resolve quickly, but I just think that the Sixers are going to be playing a bit free, knowing that, like, yeah, Joel's coming back, and if we can win one, that's great. And I think they can get a win out of it. I really do. Like, I, I think the Sixers are going to win the series. I love it. Um, and Maxi, they just can't have out of Maxi uh, passiveness in terms of waiting for his turn. Well, especially not with Joel out. Exactly. So, you know, it's just like, it's got to be his time to play off of, you know, him and him playing next to Harden has been, you know, consistently great. Um, and I have confidence that he'll do that. And, and he'll, he would just go stretches. Listen, he's 21, but he, he would go stretches where he's really just sort of getting off the ball quickly. Yeah. And, and, but then he turns it on and it's a, it's a tornado. And, and, and that's what they need from him just to be really assertive. Um, Miami does have guys that Harden especially can find and put his guy in a pick and roll and try to go ahead, brutalize, you know, Miami has great on ball defenders with Jimmy and uh, PJ Tucker and um, a missing one who might like Lowry's a good defender now, but not great. Who might I'm missing one. Well, out of bio is an excellent defender. Yeah. Defender. Um, but there's also guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and Max Struess. And Hero Gabe, especially. Right. And Gabe, Gabe Vincent's little, like, there are guys that you can really go after where Toronto really didn't have that many guys that you could do that for. Um, and if anybody can do that, even, even given what he is, you know, these days, which is not who he was at his peak, but Harden can really do that. So that's a, that's a cause for optimism, I think. Um, Emily, what would you like to see out of, you know, either B-Ball Paul's backup or just the other, you know, the non-B-Ball Paul center and, and what's your outlook right now? I really think they're going to 
try everything. I really think like game one is going to be a bit of an experiment. I would expect to see like I either B-Ball Paul, I think they're going to go small at some point, And I think we're going to see one of Millsap or DeAndre all in the try and figure out what works. Um, I would prefer some Charles Bassey minutes, but I don't know. Doc doesn't generally listen to me and he needs a guy to tell him, you know, for the, the reviews and whatnot. Um, and then in terms of the series, yeah, I think the Sixers can win. They've won one in Miami without Joel or Harden. They'll just go to the place with the meat case and get the good juju and then they'll be great. It'll be the fine. Case. That's they right. got Maxi and Yang will go get the meat case and that's all that's all she wrote. But um, yeah, I just think we have more talent. Like on paper and I know it sucks Joel is out, but if everyone plays up to their, you know, their ceiling, their potential, it's the playoffs. You kind of got to put it all out on the table. I think we can win it. Um, I also want to point out real quick, in game six, Maxi took 12 threes. Um, some of them were a little forced, but they need that from him. He was 5 of 12 from three. That's 41.7%. Um, so it didn't kill his percentage to, to take a few extras. He's really extended his range. I mean, like a 28-footer is not an awful shot for him, um, especially, you know, when you're getting nothing else on offense that can really get them going. I mean, he, he, we've seen he's the kind of guy who, like, when he hits shots, we go on runs. Um, and so, especially without Joel, he needs to just be letting rip. And um, I'm, I'm sure that, that everyone's telling him that. And, you know, it's something I expect to see. I. I loved how he came out in game six and, and he just needs to, he needs to bring that for games, at least games one and two, preferably, preferably all the games in the series, but like to like a, you know, to an exaggerated level for the first two games. Maxi's heat check in game six was so fun. You know, he was shooting some stupid shot. I mean, just back to back heat checks. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Mm -hmm. um, and also those, two that i'm thinking of these two hardened step back threes which reminded me of some of his like vintage houston step back threes one where he had that on a switch and he um nailed it and started screaming and uh joel came and chest bumped him um uh it was just great and uh you know stuff that you know he can certainly fall in love with the step back instead of driving and and all that kind of stuff but it um definitely lets you know you know why why you you sort of hope for that to continue to emerge here um anything else that you're looking for in this series uh from either sixers or miami perspective um head coaching matchup of course that's in the sixers favor um i yeah. uh, i i wasn't here for the i don't know if you guys talked about doc explaining away all of his uh blown leads did you guys talk about this that was this week that mm -hmm. oh that was this week mm -hmm. really good stuff that as they say uh, howard eskin who's just an absolute rabid dog uh asks doc about um doc why do you blow all these leads and doc goes i wish people would tell the truth about me and he goes look at all these morons i had in Orlando. can you go look at that roster and it's like tracy mcgrady and grant hill and he goes look at these fucking assholes you wanted me to win with those guys and all those guys are sitting at home being like, hey, can you leave me out of this? Like, you know, and um, so, yeah, Doc just cannot have a good quote ever. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, uh, I think I think that Doc generally had a good series. Um, oh, for sure. Yes, Doc was even good against Toronto. In in games like three through five, they went to the zone a few times, and I just thought it sucked. And at some point in game six, they were like, we're going to go to the zone the rest of the game. And I was not feeling good about it, and it worked. Uh, so, you know, he has, you know, pulled some good strings. Um, he has, you know, believed in what he's doing at, at certain times. And even I, I think that he deserves some credit for, you know, the way Maxine Harding came out, you know, mindset-wise in game six. And so, yes, Eric Spolz is probably the best coach in the NBA. And Doc Rivers is is not, um, and Spolstra is. I mean, Nurse is a good coach. People act like he's some phenomenal, phenomenal coach. He's fine. He had a terrible series against the Sixers. Um, I Doc outcoached him easily. I don't expect that to happen because Spolstra is actually a great coach. Um, Spolstra is a, is a, is a you know is an easy Hall of Fame coach. Uh, and so yeah, that'll be tough. But I, there's only so much coaching can do. And it was part of the thing we said after. You know, yeah, Doc had a bad Atlanta series, but like at a certain point, your point guard is afraid to be out there and you can't really coach around that. And it's like the same thing goes for Miami, right? Like they have an all-time great coach and their offense still looks horrible sometimes because of how the roster is built. And that's, you know, a, a place where the Sixers can, can take advantage. And especially, you know, Doc is a very good offensive coach and Harden is a very smart offensive leader on the floor. And so, yeah, like you, like you said, like, I don't think Eric Spolstra is going to be able to coach around the fact that Tyler Hero can't guard anyone on the Sixers. I don't, th there's no one to hide him on the whole team shoots. I don't think that there is anywhere. To, there's nothing to do about that. And so there are, you know, there are certain things, like I said, that Spolstra is not fixing that. Um, speaking of afraid to be out there, Matisse Thibel, that uh, game four, was it game? Game five. I game was five. five. Emily and I were there, and it was a disgrace. That was, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, it was like, it was tough. I mean, I, I don't know. Did he get booed when he was, uh, like, when he got put in the game? I booed him, but I don't think many other people did. Okay. Um, because the way that he was, his only two points were from Precious Achua. Um, when Precious Achua <laughs> tipped in, the uh, own goal there um but uh he was horrendous and got I, scared to shoot at one point when he was open and it was just unbelievable i legitimately um, can't remember a single game by an nba player that was worse no that was like i mean they had to take him out they tried him again in the second half which i don't blame them like because you know you only have so many guys and and you know the bench isn't like deep you know um I do think they'll need need him in this series because the defenders the Sixers have they don't navigate screens well and Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero like they're going to need him to guard those guys. Um, so I don't know how long if he plays like that, you just can't really do it. I don't think but, he could replicate that game unless he no, like did it not. on purpose. Like he would have to. I like don't know where that came from. You would have like, to like try to airball another layup. That was tough. Um, it was, uh, it was, it was really tough. And all uh, of this is on top of, you know, the, the, the context to this is that he couldn't play games three or four. There was only, you know, maybe he could have helped out in game four, but it didn't, he couldn't because, you know, he was, uh, 
didn't care enough to get the vaccine. Really, I mean, that's people, people going, he hasn't been able to get in a rhythm. And he goes, no, no, why not? <laughs> what can you do? Well, one thing. Um, <laughs> only one, because uh, he only already has one, just one. He's thing. got the one. Well, yeah. and, you know, he also doesn't see any, he doesn't see any downside to getting the second one. He just doesn't see the upside. So. No, no downside, no upside. The, the, I mean, what could the upside be? Playing? I don't know. Hmm. Um, well, all right. I guess uh, let's make some official predictions here. Dan, you, uh, you're you saying, what, Sixers and seven? Yeah, give me Sixers and seven. Emblem. Um, give me Sixers and six. Who who was right by the way last time that had Sixers and six? I had Sixers and six. You, I thought I was going to be right with Sixers and five. Um, oh, it looked it looked pretty good. Yeah, it looked pretty good going to game five. Um, I will. Uh, I'll, I'll be with Emily here. I'll say Sixers and six. Um, the other series around the league, uh, Dan, you mentioned that the uh, Bucks shut down the Celtics today, which is impressive given that, and that's in Boston, right? That was game one in Boston. Uh, Huge. It's big for the Sixers. Yeah, uh, I would. I don't really want to play that Celtics team if we. I think we match up a lot better with the Bucks, and so. Yeah. Um, I, um, I would feel a lot better about that series. Emily, do you agree with that? Would you rather play the Bucks than the Celtics? Yeah. And what's the timetable on Middleton? Even I don't even know. All we know right now series, is he's, right. Yeah, he's out this series. We haven't heard anything past that. Um, I would expect him to come back for the next series, but. I guess you, you don't really know. So, I mean, if they can be sure, you know, the series could be, if the box could sweep hypothetically, or it could go seven, and they're saying even if it goes seven, he's out, then it sounds like he's not particularly close. Because um, yeah. that's like about a week range where they're sure, like a whole extra week they're saying he's out. So um, there's a chance, maybe he would come back midway through that series. But yeah, if they make the Eastern Conference Finals, it's hard to know what to expect from him. Mm-hmm. Um, which sucks injuries in the playoffs suck for everyone I really like Middleton too I mean even if I didn't really like him mm-hmm. he's sad he got injured but I like him a lot as a player yeah the Grizzlies and uh Warriors are playing now what is what's going on with that uh, right now they're uh well the third quarter has just ended and the uh Warriors are 91 90 uh with Draymond Green getting ejected oh wow for the half um the uh, Utah got kicked out in the first round. That I think is uh, they are awful. That's the end of them. That's yeah. the end of them. I think Mitchell gets traded. I, I well, they don't want to, but he. I think he would have to ask out. I think I they think. might just trade him. You don't think they might just trade him? I the team's know. awful. Yeah, they they're lifeless. They're done. Yeah. Um, maybe we could trade Ben for him. That'd be cool. Um, who else? Uh, what's the other one over there? Oh, the, um, the, um, the Suns and the, um, Mav, no. and the Mavs, yeah. Mavericks. Oh, Suns yeah. play, um, tomorrow. Well, disembody Drew, just, like, faceless coming out of the sun. Yeah. I like that. Drew knew um, that as soon as he popped in to tell us we were going to remember. So. I think that's, I think that's Suns, uh, fairly like five or six yeah i know i i, I yeah luke is incredible but i think the suns are way better 
I mean, really, and Luca has been very good, but Jalen Brunson's been great too. Um, the Suns are just so deep. Yeah. Uh, which Suns Pelicans if was if fun. If Booker is healthy. Yeah. Would you say? I said Suns Pelicans was fun. That looked fun. Uh, the uh, Alvarado guy who hides in the stands is a lot of fun. He's cool. He's very cool. Um, yeah, is that it? Get well soon, Joel, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that was that was the podcast. I think. I think that was it. Well, glad Emily could make it. Glad Emily could make Dude, it. Dude, I don't know what is happening with my internet. I really don't. How's the house? It's great. It's still not yeah. unpacked. It's really good. Well, you got time. Um, all right. Well, listen, that was it. Um, it will be uh, once again. Dan and Emily and Drew with you next week. Uh, uh, I thank uh, these guys for their support. Uh, I love you guys. and uh, It's been tough here, but thank you guys, and I love you. And uh, we'll be back. And uh, go Sixers, and uh, be safe and be great. Follow us everywhere. Steve J. Littman, Emma, Third and Girl, Gastro Blues Pod, the YouTube don't know what it's what is it Bruce pot a six <laughs> thank also you twitter da pals 13 thank you yeah. and i uh, see he knows all the hosting stuff uh i love you guys uh that's Steve-o. it What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.